Infrastructure is crumbling and the problems are only getting worse. The pressure to find solutions is hot. Let's talk about why American cities have no water, no electricity, and no money to fix their infrastructure problems. Welcome to the Infrastructure Hot Seat Podcast, hosted by Chad Smelter. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Infrastructure Hot Seat. My name is Chad Smelter. I am your host. Today's guest is Roberto Treveso, who is the Public Works Director for Lake Lake Park, Florida. Did I do that right, Roberto? That's correct. Lake Park, Florida. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining me, man. I truly appreciate it. I was looking at your experience. A lot of years in the Air Force, uh, but how did you, you know, where did you start and then how did you get into public works? Um, so I started um, in in the uh, private sector and um, I ended up joining the military because I, I wanted some uh, help with college and uh, the Air Force pointed me in the direction of public works. Um, I joined the Air Force as an electrical systems apprentice. Um, and um, spend a number of years, you know, serving in that role. And as I uh, gain additional experience and progress throughout my military career, I had opportunities to learn different trades and supervise different work centers, all in the public works uh, uh, industry. Um, so I kind of like became a jack of all trades, uh, you know, so sort of uh, speak. Nice. That's really cool. When you did you travel a lot in the Air Force? And you mentioned that at the beginning when we were getting started. I did. I had an opportunity to spend uh, probably fifty percent of my time, um, about ten years um, overseas. Uh, had a you know number of deployments uh, to the Middle East. Uh, you know, twice to Afghanistan. Uh, wow. I spent almost five years in Italy, uh, which is where I married my wife. I met her and married her uh, there. Uh, traveled to Germany, uh, Spain, um, all over the, uh, the U.S., uh, spent a couple of years in Korea as well. So wow. great experience, you know, and, and uh, a lot of growing and a lot, a lot of learning, you know, uh, by way of the travel. Yeah. And then when you, re, you retired out of the Air Force and then you started, what city did you start with? I, I looked at the bio, but I couldn't remember. So when, I, when I first retired from the Air Force, um, I did not go into public works. I took uh, a break. Uh, they recruited me into insurance sales. And I found uh, quickly that that was not my thing. Uh, <laughs> so I, I went back to, um, you know, about seven months into it as, as, as I was, um, you know, my retirement became effective you know i decided that i would go back you know to what i was uh, good at uh, you know based on my success uh, in the service and um, i worked for the water management district as a water utilities that's uh, still in the public works uh, realm you know yeah uh, and i served for the district uh, here in west palm beach uh, as well as in the uh, broward county uh, area okay and um, after a couple of years there, um, I joined the uh, uh, City of West Palm Beach Public Works Department, um, and I ran their stream maintenance section there nice. uh, for just over three years. And um, uh, really, uh, it was a tremendous opportunity and and privilege you know, to serve uh, in such a large capacity, you know, for such a large city. And they taught me uh, a lot. And yeah. uh, my my former supervisor you know the public works director um i owe uh, a great debt of gratitude because you know it was through his mentorship and 
and our uh, professional and personal uh, relationship, um, you know, that I was able to, to secure this, this opportunity that I have now to serve uh, uh, the Lake Park community. That's, that's awesome. So when you got into, uh, you know, after the sales career, you, you got it, you obviously didn't want to do this, that job <laughs> and you got into public works. What was the first job you had in public works? Uh, I, I'm not sure if you mentioned that. Um, but so did you have to move up? Just to clarify, I did public works in the military. Uh, so, you know, oh, okay. yeah, I was actually supervising, uh, as I mentioned, I enter, uh, I started my career as an electrician, but, uh, then I was, uh, uh, working with uh, 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 electrical power production and oh, okay. vertical and horizontal repairs. Uh, so street maintenance, uh, structural maintenance. Um, then um, what else were we doing there? Uh, masonry, welding. Mm. You know, so I, I kind of like became a jack of all trades and I was supervising a number of those different work centers. So I, I gained some knowledge and experience in those uh, different trades. Um, uh, when I uh, came to the district, uh, it kind of like built upon that because um, I was serving, even though I started supervising the electrical services uh, uh, division um, for the water management district, okay. uh, I quickly I got promoted uh, into an assistant superintendent for the fuel station uh, down in Fort Lauderdale. And there I was pretty much in charge of um, all of the operations uh, for the district. So I was overseeing fleet maintenance, oh, uh, wow. levy, uh, you know, which is a large uh, ground maintenance uh, operation. Uh, I was supervising the, uh, the uh, water pump uh, mechanics. Um, wow. so, so that was certainly, you know, quite an experience and never a dull moment uh, when you work for the district. And, <laughs> um, you know, they have such a large area that, that they're responsible for. And it was really a, a huge adventure um, and a, a great opportunity for me. Yeah, that's a, a man, that's a lot of experience, you know, doing it in the Air Force and then walking into the you know public sector. What's that transition like? Because a lot of people, I don't think, understand going from military to public sector. It's a whole different world. Can you explain a little bit more of like what that was like? Absolutely. So um, the Armed Forces has a uh, has a great transition period. So they start grooming you and preparing you uh, for transition. I will say from day one, uh, mm. but as you mature and, and that you get closer to, um, you know, your exit from service, uh, they, uh, they do a lot of, uh, uh, training. They do a lot. They make a lot of resources available, uh, for you. Uh, you do mock interviews to help you prepare your resumes. Uh, wow. so that really, uh, is helpful um, and they also help with placement also uh, because you do a lot of networking uh, so as a matter of fact the this thing that i had in in the insurance industry uh, they recruited me while i was still in the service uh, so they contacted me and they said hey we love your background you know in public works i'm not sure if they, how they saw a connection but i think they were looking for the discipline and and the the work ethic and and the hard working um right you know, um, you know, methods that we typically display. So um, the transition, you know, wasn't incredibly difficult. I miss, I still miss, you know, some aspects of service, uh, but I was happy to to not have to do certain things that you're required to do in the military. So I, I, I think um, I think it was a positive move uh, to transition when I did. Uh, and, uh, and again, uh, I was able to rely on the skills 
uh, the connections um, that I have made that during the service, uh, the experiences, um, and that's what really opened the doors for me at you know the district, and and then building upon that uh, to go to the the city of West Palm Beach, and and now to the role that I'm in. How did you how did you fit in all your education? I saw you have education, like yeah. Yeah. You, how would you fit that in with everything yeah. you're doing? So I so I've been busy, you know, and and I'm I'm one that I I never like to settle, and I like to always be learning uh, new things. I think that that's how you keep fresh and you stay competitive, and oh, yeah, and, and that's something that I've I've always been careful to groom and to instill in in people that I had the opportunity to supervise uh, that uh, it should always be hungry and remain competitive. So. In the military, uh, they, um, you know, they pay for one of the major benefits that they offer is, uh, you know, the tuition assistance uh, that they provide. So although I, I joined the military to to get um, my education, get assistance uh, with education, it wasn't until my third year in service that I actually made time uh, to start uh, school as I was kind of like you know, debating on whether I would remain in service or not. Um, so the military makes it really um, affordable and, and, you know, they have uh, in a lot of cases um, education centers uh, on the military installations uh, where you can attend classes. And nowadays it, you have the online uh, that are actually more prevalent, but you still have the option to go in a classroom environment and, and take classes, you know, and it's really about the discipline and, and the commitment that you have uh, to reach uh, those uh, goals uh, that you have set up for yourself. And, yeah, you know, taking a little break, not being too hard on yourself, you know, uh, while you're studying and uh, getting right back at it as soon as you can. You know, otherwise you get dull and, you know, the older you get, it. the more difficult it, it becomes. I, I've noticed that. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I tell people all, that all the time, you get comfortable, then you get stagnant and you don't grow and it's not healthy for you or anybody around you. You know, you should always want to be uncomfortable and, and, and always learning. Like you mentioned, that's that's super important. What are some of your challenges that you're facing now in, in infrastructure with all this? You know, there's there's money, but there's not money. You have inflation going on. How are you balancing that right now with the, the work you need to get done and you know, what the challenges are? Absolutely. So, so we have a great um, uh, commission. We have a great body of um, of elected officials, and have a great uh, manager uh, who are very uh, forward thinking, uh, progressive in in helping me um, and heeding the recommendations that I make to them. You know, uh, that I provide to them uh, regarding how to uh, face those challenges. Uh, so, our town is celebrating this year its centennial. Mm. And um, what that means is that you have a lot of infrastructure, you have a lot of uh, assets uh, that have been in service for a number of years, and a high number of them have exceeded their service life or their recommended service life. So they're either failing or you're having to do major repairs uh, for, for some of that infrastructure, some of the uh, trucks, uh, for example, for uh, the refuse trucks. Uh, so... Um, there is funding available uh, here in the town. We currently have about $15 million in uh, drainage infrastructure improvements uh, wow. that are um, almost entirely funded through grants. Uh, so we have that underway at different stages, multiple projects at different stages of, of development, design, construction, some. 
yeah. um, uh, we still have tremendous need. So even though we just got 15 million, which by the way, that's about three times our annual budget, our okay. annual budget. So it, you know, we have been very fortunate, you know, to secure those, those grants, uh, to, uh, to make, uh, this, the improvements I mentioned, but, uh, we still have a, a lot of need and, uh, right now, um, we're completing uh, two rate studies, one for solid waste and one for stormwater that are going to help inform how we establish, uh, you know, our fees uh, for the next uh, five years or so. Because, again, we have a lot of spending requirements and not enough revenue, uh, being that this is uh, just a, you know, 2.4 square miles uh, town, uh, less than 9,000 residents. Um, and... Um, Median to low income, uh, typically uh, okay. uh, majority uh, minority type town, you know. So, so that's another yeah. challenge, also, you know, in that you have to be um, conscientious about the, you know, uh, the rates and the level of service and keep a balance so that you don't make living for you know our residents who we serve uh, unaffordable. Yeah, because if you look at the you know the base, the tax base you have versus the infrastructure expenses that you have it's it's not sustainable you know you really look at those numbers and the pressure to fix you know water systems and sewer systems and stuff like that and some drainage systems you know that's it, it's un, it really there's not enough people to pay the higher rates for that kind of stuff you know and you know we're sort of uh, built uh, built out we don't have a lot of um we, and by the way, we have about a billion dollars in development or redevelopment projects oh, wow. are currently underway. So although we're small, uh, there's a ton of activity underway, but we're essentially built out, you know, so we yeah. have a lot of vacant land. We don't have uh, opportunities to expand and, and build, you know, uh, like the larger cities uh, do. So it's all about making um, an effort to balance out the level of service, you know, that's... Uh, that's expected and require uh, to our businesses, to our residents, with the the bottom line, you know, the, the yeah. those assessments, those those fees that we're going to establish. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, you know, Florida's been blowing up with population. I mean, the the amount of people moving there was you know back in COVID, it was tremendous, you know, growth, and sounds like it's still that way to this day, you know, with, you said a billion dollars of growth or like new development. Billion dollars. Wow. Do you, is it make sense? Are they building up? Like I always wanted to like, cause we keep expanding horizontally, but not vertically. Yeah. Are, are, are you starting to see things go more vertical or is it still? Absolutely. You know, when, like I said, we're built out. So that's the only yeah, way we have to go up. Right. Yeah, we can only <laughs> go up and, and actually to that end, uh, we have amended um, our, our code, um, our, our uh, land development ordinances uh, to allow for higher densities, higher intensities, you know, because again, we, we can't really expand horizontally. Uh, yeah. We're literally, you know, counting with probably two hands, you know, the number of vacant lands we have. So we see they're gonna be vertical development or it's gonna be uh, redevelopment of some of the existing properties, which is, we have a number of projects, you know, uh, of that type uh, currently underway. Yeah. When you were working at uh, West Palm Beach, that had to be a unique experience because that's a different level of service, uh, you know, kind of where you're at now versus there. Can you speak to some of the differences in, in, you know, service there? I think, um, 
the the major the major difference, you know, um, I think customers have the same expectations. You know, residents right. have the same expectations. You know, between the, the larger cities and and the smaller uh, communities. But um, I think the major difference was the resources that we had uh, available, um, and uh, the the fact that there the form of government is actually a strong mayor. So the mayor was like a CEO, basically, you know, so yeah. uh, they he had a very, um, very wide discretion, basically, you know, in the, in the operations of the um, of the city and a lot of resources. Doesn't mean that we had everything that I, I needed. Um, there were some, you know, some some situations where we had to reprioritize resources, uh, you know, where you wanted to do some things, but we wanted to do so much, but you can only do so much uh, because of resources. But you did have a lot more resources, and with more resources, you can do more. Oh, so uh, yeah, that's because, huge. Yeah, I think that that was you know the main the main thing there. We had some programs. You know, I remember I had a, a, a sign shop, a traffic uh, sign shop, full service. Right. Uh, so all the traffic signs for the city we made in house, and that was something really neat. <laughs> that was that I was so proud to be a part of uh, because we were able to stand up. You know that. Um, uh, that that shop and and we were even looking at providing services to other communities, you huh. know, making signs for other communities because we had that capacity. Uh, whereas here, I tend to rely, you know, it, a lot more in in vendors and contractors to do things for us. So we don't have a lot of services in house because again, yeah. uh, because of a small a smaller budget. Speaking of vendors and you know contractors and stuff like that where have you seen uh, is 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 a lot i'm trying to think of the right words to say here but uh you know when you deal with a lot of those meetings and having those meetings what are some of the things that you just don't like when salespeople come in and do because people you know they my audience listens to these things and you know there's one thing that probably you don't like that you think people should know and what what is that um I, I think that sometimes when dealing with vendors, you know, um, sometimes they lose sight of the fact that we, we've all been there in a lot of ways and, and um, we understand that they got to pay bills too. <laughs> right. And, and that, uh, that, you know, we, ha we are seeing, you know, historic uh, inflation in terms of the cost of, of construction, the, the cost of uh, providing services. So, um, I think that, you know, just remembering, you know, that we're in this together and, and that, um, you know, ultimately, um, you know, we all want to pay the bills, you know, but we want to do it in such a way, you know, that um, is agreeable and, and is collaborative. Yeah. I, yeah. That's the one message that I will send, uh, you know, to them. Uh, sometimes, you know, some vendors, you know, tend to, you know, be too smart for, for their own good, you know. If yeah, you know, or a little too aggressive. <laughs> yeah, a, a little too aggressive, you know, that that too. Uh, there. Yeah, yeah, been there, seen it. I just, mm -hmm. uh, I've watched it happen. You know, these these guys get pushed to the end, you know, the, you know to create uh, sales, you know, and get those in the pipeline, so to speak. And they just, they lose respect from the customer, right? You know, just, it's not the way we do business, you know? And I think we start losing some of that as we start seeing these, and it's just my personal you know, agreeing, you know, like opinion, obviously, but as these private equity companies are buying up a lot of these construction companies, you're going to see a lot of that high pressure because it's all turn, you know, they want 
create revenue, revenue, revenue. So you're going to see a lot. You know, they contact me and, and if, you know, if, if for some reason, you know, they're not hearing what they want to hear from me, then they contact my boss. Ooh, that's and never my, good. Then my boss will turn around and contact me about <laughs> them contacting him. You know, so, so ultimately, again, you know, the, the reason why I love, you know, my manager is, is that he, he pretty much, you know, he allows me to run the, the department. And, and yeah. uh, although we collaborating a number of, of, of ways, you know, um, ultimately he lets me run the department. So, um, sometimes, you know, vendors, they don't like the answer they get from you, or they don't like that you already have a service they're offering. So, you know, they try to push past you, you know, to maybe somebody that can give them the response that they're looking for. So that's, that's yeah. not ideal uh, when that happens. Yeah, it's it's out there. It's, I, I get it. I just uh, you know I'd like to hear it so that they hear it and be like, look, guys, stop the shenanigans like that. You're know, going to the boss is never professional. It doesn't make any sense at all. And the only thing you just did is, and if I was in your shoes, Roberto, I'd be like, don't ever call me again because that's we're never going to do business. <laughs> yeah, that's typically how I respond, you know. But I, <laughs> I try to keep it friendly. You got to, you got to, but you know, this, uh, that's what people should know is like, those kind of things just don't work. They're not, it just doesn't make sense. What is one thing you're passionate about? Like you, that you really, you know, in this space that you really love and, you know, if you had a chance to fix it, what would it be? So I'm, um, I'm passionate about growth and about development. Um, yeah of people's potential, you know, it's something that I think, um, I was, it was instilling me, you know, from an early age in the military. And, uh, it's something that I continue to, you know, to stress to, uh, my operations manager, to the, um, supervisors that, you know, report, uh, to him, um, and, uh, and to every employee, you know, just really realizing your potential and being ambitious, you know, and setting your setting goals uh, for you and not letting others set goals for you, uh, you know, unless they're agreeable to, but, uh, sometimes, um, you know, particularly in the service, uh, industry, you know, in the, um, and in the public works industry, you know, um, for one reason or the other, sometimes, uh, you know, the uh, members of the workforce are not, um, leaning, you know, in a way that, uh, yields to growth or professional development, you know, they really have no professional goals or, or personal goals that they're looking to meet. And so they have this defeatist attitude, you know, and, and that's something that I, that I typically make it my, you know, my, my goal, my mission to try and, and, and change, you know, I love, um, working with, uh, and I'd stress the supervisors, you know, their number one job here is not to pick up the garbage. It's not to, to cut the grass uh, or to clean, you know, a, a drainage pipe is to right. supervise the people, to supervise the people that they that they've entrusted, they're being entrusted, you know, to supervise. So um, it's great when you get to see uh, someone achieve their goals that they, that they have yeah. set. So that's something that I, I really try to, um, you know, and, and again, I'm not, again, I'm, I'm a I'm a veteran, so I. Um, I always have a solution for things. You know, if you ask anybody in my team, you know, they'll let you know that I always have an answer uh, to problems, you know, and sometimes yeah. it's not the answer they want to hear, you know, so, but uh, sometimes it, they call it tough love, you know, but I, I, I try to groom and take care of, um, of our people 
the best way we can. And I want to see them be successful at whatever it is, you know, that, that, that they have set um, as a goal for themselves. Right. Cause you've been down the road, man. You've had years and decades, well, decades of experience, right? I mean, traveling the world and getting to see so many unique things. I mean, anybody that you would mentor would, you know, I hope appreciate that because that's, that's huge. I mean, it, it's one of those things that a lot of people don't get to do. So, you know, learning from you and your experiences is super helpful to get uh, people up because, you know, nowadays it's, you know, there's a lot of mental health issues, things like that can drag people down and get unfocused. So having someone like you helping mentor that and, and bringing people up is, is awesome. So kudos to you for, for doing that kind of stuff. Cause we need more people like that. I, I really do. It's, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, we need help helping people, people helping people. That's really what he's done. You know, and, and I've been fortunate enough, you know, and, and blessed uh, to have had the experiences that I had. So I see that as a, as a responsibility, you know, um, for me, you know, to kind of like pass it on and, and make sure that I'm helping others uh, where I can and, and that I'm working, you know, in a way that is going to um, help them achieve the, whatever goals they have. Again, not everybody is meant to have a master's degree. Not everybody, you know, should be a supervisor. I think we need we need people serving in at every level, at every you know classification. But um, if they do want to be the director, then I think that that's kind of like you know my goal to sort of share from what I know and put them in a position with their effort, their hard work, you know, to to reach that goal, to to get there. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's, uh, that's, it's great. What, um, what are one of the things that, uh, you're focusing on this year, like projects, uh, you said stormwater, you know, drainage before, is that like the main project? You got a couple other ones going on. Yeah, we got, um, so the, the grant, uh, award that I mentioned, um, we are expecting to complete, uh, design for some of those projects, uh, in the next uh, few months. So we'll be looking to, you know, put those projects out for bid uh, so that we can construct them. Um, and um, we have a couple of other projects, you know, um, you know, for, for the town hall. Uh, we're doing the payments, man payments management, um, you know, implementation of, of that program. And um, a, a large initiative for us is, is to also improve on our street lighting. We okay. have a, a high number of locations throughout the town that are underserved um, mm. uh, for street lighting purposes. They, they're not meeting criteria and we made it a priority, uh, you know, uh, this year uh, to get that study done. So we're master planning, we're in the final stages of master planning, um, some improvements to, to that infrastructure. And, and we're hoping to, in the next year, begin implementing that and, and really bring in uh, proper lighting to uh, to our streets so that yeah, it's still safe uh, as they walk about the town, better uh, traffic right. safety, better uh, um, or less crime. You know, um, you know those those tend to be the benefits of that. Yeah, that's uh, it, that's super important. That's that's great to hear. You guys are working on those things because having lighting is you know super important. I mean, safety wise, like you're talking, you know, light up the streets. I mean. The fact that we don't have that already in America is kind of amazing to me, you know, with the amount of money we spend everywhere else. It's like, come on, or even water services or sewer services. It's kind of amazing, too. But um, so, uh, Roberto, how can people get a hold of you? We're at the end of the 
the interview is there and and then what is you know anything you could recommend to young people that want to get into public works before we end yeah so um what i recommend is that you know any uh, anyone aspire to serve uh try to balance work experience with education you know i i, I can tell you that had i not taken the time uh, my major for for my undergraduate uh, studies was actually computer information systems and business so you know really more geared towards the private sector you know but if you really want to make a, a career uh, of pub in public service particularly in public works you know then a public administration uh you know formal uh, program i think uh, will be desirable so that that will be uh you know highly recommended either getting associates or a, a bachelor's or even a certificate program in that respect and then try to learn as much as possible you know from every experience that, that you're exposed to. Put yourself in positions where you can experience things, where you can involve, be involved with programs, network, uh, you know, join professional organizations yeah. uh, so that you can network and, and, and grow uh, from those um, relationships. Uh, so that's, that's what I would say. Um, you can reach out um, our department um, via our email address, which is uh, publicworks at Lake Park, Florida, spell out completely, dot GOV, uh, or 561-881-3345. Uh, so that's yeah. our contact information. And our website is uh, www.lakeparkflorida.gov. Um, awesome, so, man. Um, happy to serve, uh, you know, assisting any way I can. Man, you're an inspiration to a lot of people. So we get young people watching this this is uh, very inspirational because you have a lot of experience and thank you for your service being in the air force that's thank you that's fantastic you know we need probably more people to get in the air force and get in the military you know that's one of those things that you know i, I see the advertisements for nowadays everyone's short on labor so you know <laughs> it's super important to get these kind of things out and educate people on what actually public works is like so i appreciate you jumping on the podcast with me Truly inspirational, and uh, you have a great uh, Memorial Day weekend, man. Thank you very much. Appreciate uh, your audience, and I appreciate the opportunity, Chad. Uh, be well. Thank you, sir. Have All a good right, one. You. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Infrastructure Hot Seat Podcast. We hope that this show brought you some insight on relevant topics within the infrastructure world. Please join us every two weeks on Tuesday for the next episode. If you're interested in being a guest on this podcast, please set up a 15-minute interview with your host at calendly.com slash chadsmeltzer. 